0: As artists and as activists, you want your truth to be be told and you want it to be clear and you want to speak against the things that are destructive and divisive in the city. If you're asking if art is imitating life on stage and if you're asking that if these issues that we're speaking out against directly illuminated before our eyes in that moment, then yes.
1: That's theater artist Jacqueline Thompson, She's talking about the social role of theater, about speaking truth to power and reflecting the concerns of the community, and about how recent events affected the efforts of Shakespeare Festival St. Louis to do just that. I'm Jeremy Goodwin.
2: And I'm Nancy Fowler, and this is Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast. Shakespeare Festival St. Louis stages its biggest production of the year in Forest Park, but it also goes deep into local neighborhoods every year to talk to residents and reshape a play by Shakespeare to tell one piece of the story of this city.
1: That program is called Shakespeare in the Streets, and last year's performance was put on hold in the wake of street protests following the acquittal of former St. Louis police officer Jason Stockley in the shooting death of Anthony Lamar Smith.
2: And so the production that was postponed is an adaptation of King Lear called Blow Winds, and it will finally premiere this Friday and Saturday nights on the front steps of the central branch of the St. Louis Public Library downtown.
1: This weekend, St. Louis also hosts the annual conference of Theater Communications Group. That's a professional organization of American theaters. Shakespeare Festival Director of Education and Engagement Jennifer Winsor will speak on a panel there about the relationship between theater groups and their community.
2: So we invited her and Jacqueline Thompson, who's Associate Director of Below Winds, to talk about that issue with us.
1: Winter told us that it was from an early age that she got an appreciation for both creative expression and dealing with government bureaucracy.
3: I have to start by saying, part of my upbringing, I'm I'm a military child. My father was a a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, Mm. but he was also an artist. He was a a singer. And so I lived in this world of kind of understanding government systems, but also understanding artistic expression and how that all works together. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so it's really actually primed me to be exactly where I am and uh, to really understand how the two can work together. And I would say how that's specific with Shakespeare Festival. I mean, we are a civic institution in that we are in a city park. You know, we have a lease with the city. So since 2001, that's certainly been part of our inception. We were started by a group of civic leaders. As we look to our community-based work, like Shakespeare in the Streets or the work that we do in the schools, those, too, are civic institutions, working with public school systems, working with municipal governments, particularly in St. Louis. You know, we have the county with the many municipalities. So... In the past, for instance, with the Clayton Shakespeare in the Streets or the Maplewood Shakespeare in the Streets, it would not be uncommon for me to be in the city manager's office talking about the logistics of mm-hmm. the show as well as the artistic components of the show as well. What kind of questions
2: do you ask? What do those conversations sort of look like?
3: You know, in the beginning, a lot of it is about location. You know, we talk about Shakespeare in the Streets, particularly being inspired by this idea of um, kind of a celebration, a block party, mm-hmm. Um closing down a street for the celebration of a community as opposed to maybe some other reasons why we might hear streets are being closed down, particularly over the past five or six years. And then we always find a helper in a neighborhood. And I think Jackie can really speak to this.
0: Yeah, I think a huge part of this work is also listening. And not coming into a neighborhood as the savior, but listening and seeing what this neighborhood needs, what they want, what they want to share, how they want to do it. And when you are completely in service to listening, then all of those things align. The helpers are normally the people in the community in that neighborhood that that have pride, have that kind of pride, and they want to share their story, and they can connect you to all the other people who also, you know, want to want to pull these things together to to demonstrate the strength and the unity and how the workings of that community goes. And they're everywhere, everywhere, everywhere.
1: Just for someone coming to the issue from the beginning, when you say that you go into the communities Mm -hmm. to inform Mm -hmm. the Shakespeare adaptation, just what does that mean?
0: So we do story circles. So we literally, when I say we talk to everybody that we can, we're talking business owners, we're talking... Uh, Residents, I mean, wh- whoever wants to talk, they can talk and we, we come and we do these story circles. Uh, the playwright will sit you know sit around and sometimes she may give prompts and other times it's just talking and listening. Um, And and from that, the story is created and adapted. Um, And from that, again, we learn who those helpers are. From that, we learn um, some of the thematic themes or issues or um, things that the neighborhood may be, you know, struggling with or or what they want to highlight. Or or sometimes it's even like, hey, you know, people think this about us and we want to share that it's really about this, right? So breaking down a lot of negative stereotypes and things like that have been, um, that was really important. Important old north of like you know how perception versus what's really happening here. It was
2: really important in, in what, what? In, in old north. Old north. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. was that? What was
0: old north? Old north was uh, the world begun, and that was basically the story of the of of North St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And and it was it was so great because spending time in 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 old north. I know, and I'm from St. Louis. I had never felt that sense of community my entire life that's that wasn't my experience growing up in my neighborhood we everybody kind of you know stayed in their own houses but to go out and to be able to um you know the neighborhood kids coming in doing homework and watching the play or you know going down to you know the diner and and talking and and having people walk by and step in on the process like that was great
2: Tornadoes and hurricanes,
3: spout
2: till you have drenched our steeples, drown the rocks.
3: Particularly with blow winds this year, we are looking at the divisions that have come up in conversations around St. Louis and the city, and King Lear just really spoke to our playwright and our creative team when we talk about a place that's divided, um, you know, giving the, the various sections of the map to his 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 children, you know, it, there's a lot of correlation in, in what we see happening in St. Louis as well. Our scenic designers, Marjorie and Peter Spack, have put so much into um, the projection design that will light up the entire facade of the central library. <laughs> and their research approach is unbelievable. They're also our designers for Romeo and Juliet in the park. Uh, they they go into spaces, they take photos, they are living and breathing St. Louis. And so when you talk about King Lear and the geography of King Lear and how much that resonates in terms of division, you will see that in their scenic design. There is a a giant map that we have that hangs at the center of the stage that the the character King Lear, who is King Louis in our play, divides, you know, so they've built this map and, and he divides it amongst his children. I think There's nothing more powerful than that visual, actually, uh, to see how the themes uh, that came out in these conversations with the St. Louis community, how they align with the themes of King Lear.
1: And I know as a newcomer to the area, the first thing that jumps out at me when I look at a map of the city is the very specific neighborhood system, Mm -hmm. right? That's sort of a geographically stratified uh, setup of things, Mm -hmm. which reminds me a little of what you're talking about here.
3: Mm. And we, you see it, you know, it's one of the first things you see on stage. It, it couldn't be, in my opinion, more powerful.
2: What are the areas that this play divides St. Louis
3: into? I think, you know, it's not super specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I can say is that our musical director and composer, Lamar Harris, who has brought the Central Baptist Church Choir as well as with our remount the Genesis Jazz Project to the table, he has written an opening number called Where Are You From? And in that number, you hear. <laughs> over 90 municipalities yeah, yeah. listed you here uh, all the various neighborhoods in the city you know so it's one of these again back to the roots of Shakespeare in the streets one of these celebratory moments to give a shout out to everybody that's mm-hmm. here and has come together to watch this show and you know for me that's what theater is about we all come together to kind of work out work out our collective problems hopefully together and there aren't a whole lot of places where I think that mm-hmm. happens other than the theater
1: with that in mind mm-hmm. Your company is performing in the open air and in public spaces. Beyond the logistics of getting the permitting for that and, and dealing with moving people around, does that put your company in a special position in terms of just your responsibility of the work that you do and your your role mm-hmm. in the your role in the civic fabric more broadly?
0: I think that. And I can I can't speak for the company, but I can speak for me as an artist that we're all responsible for sharing stories, and we we all have a civic responsibility to um, I'll speak for myself represent um, unrepresented voices, unheard of stories, um, you know, to to share the whole scope of humanity and and show where. Um, you know, where we connect and, and what separates us as well. So I think, we, I think if, if, if all artists took on that responsibility, things would really shift in this world. I don't think it's just a company's um, plight. I think it should be all of our plight.
1: I, I mean, I can't help thinking of, you know, one of the, to me, more powerful call and response chants that you might hear in a social protest, whose streets our mm-hmm, streets. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. idea of just claiming public space mm-hmm. as a place where everyone should be able to be. Uh, and how much of a violation it felt to some folks when it was reported that uh, police officers were, were sarcastically chanting that back, mm-hmm. whose streets, our mm-hmm. streets. Mm-hmm. So just the the nature of public space yeah. and convening in a public space yeah. and making it a space that people feel comfortable in.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It sounds to me like that's part of what you do as a, in addition to trying to put on a, a Shakespeare play that people like.
3: For me, I I always go back to Shakespeare Festival. St. Louis is a Shakespeare company, and Shakespeare's 38 works are in the public. They're Mm -hmm. owned by the public. They're for the people by the people. And, you know, I, I I can't find anything better than being able to sit under the stars, sit under the moonlight, sit in a street, sit in the grass, and watch my community engage with work that belongs to them. What I love about Shakespeare Festival St. Louis, no matter who the sort of artistic team is, is that our work is unexpected and we really think about that in terms of the choices that we make. And we've kind of been thrust into that role because we don't have brick and mortar, right? So we are in the civic Mm -hmm. spaces of St. Louis and so it it can't be more unexpected than that.
2: Well, so talking about unexpected, Last year, when Blow Winds was scheduled um, in the the fall, it was canceled after the Jason Stockley verdict, which Mm -hmm. was the acquittal of a white police officer in the shooting of a black man. And the the play Mm -hmm. is about divides in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. The verdict clearly illustrated a big divide Mm -hmm. in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Um, So is there any meaning to be drawn from that, do you think, The, the fact that in many people's minds, the very issues the play mm-hmm. wanted to talk about mm-hmm. are the very issues that the protesters were protesting.
0: I think, yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. I think it, it speaks to the unrest. Um, you know, yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, it would have been great if during that time the show could have went on as well. As artists and as activists, you want your truth to be, be told and you want it to be clear and you want to speak against the things that are destructive and divisive in the city. If you're asking if art is imitating life on stage, and if you're asking that if these issues that we're speaking out against directly illuminated before our eyes in that moment, then yes. If you're asking if those moments make what we do that much more dire and crucial, and, and timely then yes.
3: I think for me, it's been an interesting process too for our artistic community to come back together after those events to, to really talk about the process. And to, I mean, the script has some updates. You know, I think what is um, maybe also at the heart of your question is when you are in community and you are asking questions that are, are relevant to the city, it's not uncommon that you're moving right along with current events and right. as they unfold, you know this idea of timely retelling or mm-hmm. hearing the voices of the people. Now, do we get to every single person? Do we hear every single thought? Is it encapsulated in every single play? Absolutely not, but it's been, um, I think, a learning experience for our entire team to process how to <coughs> then be even more relevant as we continue forward. We came together and talked a lot about the youth element of the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's an amazing step team, the Gentlemen of Vision, that are a part of the show.
2: spoke to nancy bell the playwright last fall just after the cancellation of blow winds and asked her like what that meant and what her feelings were about it and we have a clip from that interview that i'd like to listen to together
3: our plays the plays i write for shakespeare in, in the streets are ultimately um hopeful plays that are about redemption and healing and this is not a time for that this is a time for rage and um grief so uh As disappointed as I am that the shows were canceled, I also think that the theater in the streets that needs to be happening is the protests that you are seeing every day and night. And I'm happy to give the space for that.
0: For me, I mean, I'm proud of her statement. I I mean, I'm proud of how clear and honest and bold and truthful, I mean, for me, that resonates on a myriad of levels.
3: I think for me, I probably, understand the grief more than
0: than anything
3: i feel you know as a parent i feel a lot of grief i guess what gets me up every day is the ability to work with the powerful artists that i'm able to bring to the table to work in this city with so many people that do care and are engaged and to put one step forward and 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 look ahead and keep trying That was
2: Jennifer Wentzer and Jacqueline Thompson talking about the role of theater in the community.
1: You also heard a clip of actor Joe Joplin rehearsing Blow Winds last fall and the sounds of local step performers' gentlemen of vision. We found that clip on YouTube. Our theme music is by local musician Eric Hall. This is Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast, produced by Nancy Fowler
2: and Jeremy Goodwin, with help from our editor... David Casares. You can find Cut and Paste at stlpublicradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Cut and Paste is sponsored by Gemma. Architects, planners, and designers.
3: If you have a smart speaker, you have access to the entire world of NPR and St. Louis Public Radio. All the latest news and all the captivating
0: stories. Activate our voices with yours by telling your smart speaker to play St. Louis Public Radio.